Welcome again, everybody, to Trail Tales. This is your host, Tom Funk. And thanks for joining me on my hike across Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by Nortive 8, makers of uh, quality uh, footwear at a great price. And I am using them on my hikes, and I am pleasantly surprised at, at how comfortable they are and how well they're holding up. Check them out, Nortive 8, that's N-O-R-T-I-V, and the number 8.com. All right, we are going to continue my hike. We're going to start at Lake Michigan Recreation Area, and we're going to end up at Lakeshore RV Park in St. Ignace with a trip total of uh, um, uh, 434.3 miles, and that's going to be after hiking 14 miles today. The weather today is sunny, windy, high of 80, low of 60, no bugs, and trail conditions are roads. Trees and stones will teach you that which you can never learn from the masters, St. Bernard. The light at the end of the tunnel is near. The Big Mac, the longest suspension bridge in the world, will congratulate a job well done by the end of the day today. This is the Bridge of Bridges. Only a few bridges in the world can rival it, including the Golden Gate Bridge. To drive across it is a remarkable experience. Walking over 400 miles to see it is an experience of a lifetime. Reaching the Lake Michigan Recreation Area, I look at my itinerary and I realize I am five days ahead of schedule. Not bad considering I was expected a few more days of rain to delay my adventure, but it's been a very dry summer. My feet are back to their typical soreness. Every morning throughout the trip, I would hobble out of my sleeping bag on my sore feet. I'd wear sandals and I would cook breakfast, take down camp, and pack before putting on my boots. This was the last thing I would do before hoisting on my pack. Putting on my boots is not as easy as tying on a pair of tennis shoes. Putting on boots is in which you will spend 8 to 10 hours a day continuously torturing your feet required a serious amount of willpower. So I sit on the picnic table, boots on the ground next to me. I extend my legs and my dogs spread apart about 3 feet. I let the blood slowly drain from my legs into my feet and I lean back against the table, close my eyes and meditate. I do this for about three to five minutes, and I reduce my breathing to a minimum, and I think about my day, and that I will override my pain to reach my destination. I swiftly break out of my self-imposed trance and hastily lace up my boots, breathing deeply. Once laced, I stand, stomping the pain out of my feet. My mind is overcoming my body. This trip is more mental than physical. Once I realized this weeks ago, it made it much easier to make it through the day. I could reach Straight State Park tonight if I really boogie. I think I'll take half to three quarters of a day, stopping when I see a decent place to pitch camp. Walking US-2 will be an easy affair since the apron is six feet wide and it parallels Lake Michigan and its soft, sandy beaches. I'm in the lowland and I'm traversing through Point Oshanes and the river that and has the lakes of the same name. And not a single human in sight. Only Leatherleaf, a winding river, and sand ridges leading me to the waters of Lake Michigan. I arrive at a state roadside park after assaulting a large hill propelling me 300 feet above Michigami. Pondering my day's end, and it very well could be here, 
I enjoy a quick lunch. Precariously perched on a sheer cliff, the only thing protecting a Touran from going over the edge is a rickety old split rail fence. Walking around, I do not see a good place to pitch camp for the night without being seen or staying safe. I do, however, find something I have not seen in six weeks. That would be the Lower Peninsula. This is the longest stint in my life that I have stayed away from the peninsula that my mother gave birth to me in, where I was raised, lived, and worked all my life. I'm almost home, and I am glad its older sister, the Upper Peninsula, has adopted me for these 40 days. I am very grateful to be here, happy and healthy. I continue on, and I feel another anxiety attack coming on. I walk down the southeast gradient of the hill, and I have trees obscuring my view of Michigami. I have a premonition a feeling that the presence of my mother telling me to forge on and that I will know when to stop. Turning the corner going downhill on this wide sweeping automobile artery, I see a massive steel and concrete structure allowing the upper peninsula and lower peninsula to hold hands in harmony. I fight back the tears gazing at the Mackinac Bridge. Pure wind-driven sands lead me along Lake Michigan and its rocks, trees, and wildlife. The shore has the occasional gull and swimmer. Decorating the highway, jack pines try to make a living on the sand carpeted with junipers. Great Lakes Barren is the habitat, which is a very harsh habitat for many animals to survive in. Because of its proximity to a great lake, ice, wind, snow, and blowing sand deters many a brave animal and plant away from the shore into the more inland protected forests. Walking past Gross Cap, the Mackinac Bridge is now in full view. Named for the Big Cape, this location received its name in 1750 as it harbored explorers canoeing Michigami. Originally named St. Helena for the island about two miles out in the lake, it was first settled by a Mormon refugee from Beaver Island, a Mr. Cheeseman. Seems that back in the 1850s, a man by Jesse J J James Jesse Strang declared himself king of Beaver Islands, uh, home to over 2,500 followers of the Mormon church. Ever since he was young, Mr. Strang uh, aspired to be a ruler that would rival all rulers to live before him. Having been personally baptized by Joseph Smith, he indicated that he was an heir endorsed by Smith after he and his brother were assassinated and Brigham Young attempted to clean up the mess made by a murderous mob that killed the two Smiths. Excommunicated by the Mormon Church, Strang set off and started his own faction of the Mormon Church, Zion at Voree in Wisconsin. In 1847, Strang visited Beaver Island. By 1849, hundreds of followers have settled this 50-square-mile island. In doing so, the Irish who settled the island as fishermen were quickly supplanted by this religious movement. Well, Mr. Strang went even further. He petitioned the U.S. government for all islands in Lake Michigan's archipelago as a separate country, not county, not city, a separate country from the United States and a different state even from Michigan. President Miller Fillmore denied his request and ordered the arrest of James Strang. Gets even better. Strang conducted his own trial and won an acquittal. Then he rigged an election, gaining himself a seat in the Michigan legislature. <laughs> well, rigged? Well, if he didn't do exactly as he said, you would receive a public flogging. Therefore, you better vote for him. Two disgruntled followers shot and beat Strang in 1856. Miraculously, he survived and his followers brought him back to Voree. 
The attempted assassins were given a hero's welcome and never tried. Strang's Beaver Island Kingdom was savagely marauded and essentially destroyed by, and virtually all of its residents ejected and deported to the Lake Michigan shore, including the aforementioned Mr. Cheeseman. Strang died a few years later and never to name a successor. Even well into the 20th century, a handful of people still claimed to call themselves Strangite Mormons. Without a leader, this faction slowly died out with propagating more followers since they didn't have a leader. And Mr. Cheeseman, well, he found his home at Gross Cap after fleeing Beaver Island. I continued my walk and thoughts of whom to thank for my trip raced through my mind. My father, my mother for bringing me into this world, my friends and family who helped me coordinate and walk with me on this adventure. I am realizing that I've done it walking from one end of the UP to the other. It's finally sinking in. About four miles from St. Ignace, I turn down Point Labarbee Road and find my way to an RV park for the night. The Mackinac Bridge is in full view from the campground. What a magnificent sight. I paid $14 to throw my bag on the ground under some cedars, and it was well worth it, knowing I have only four miles to go in two days. This RV park is for RVs. There are no tents. I am the only quote-unquote tent camper. A couple in their mid-60s, they come over for a visit once they realize that I'm on foot. They walk into my camp, and he speaks with a German accent. You on foot? Yes, sir. My name's Tom. Horst, this is my wife, Marianne. Hello, Marianne. I shake both their hands, and I get the customary questions, my favorite being, where are you from? Battle Creek, I say. Oh, so are we. Where do you live? No kidding. I live on territorial near Capitol. We live on Lois, just off Capitol. They live about three miles from me. What a small world. We love it up here, says Horst. In fact, we drove from Battle Creek to St. Ignace and back in one day. Really? Sounds like something I would do, I say. And uh, yeah, I would do something like that. Is there anything you'd like? Food? Well, I could use a nice cold beer. You know, he is German, so I probably figured he'd have beer. Okay, we'll bring you food, too. You like Frankfurters? <laughs> Frankfurters. There's, there's nothing more satisfying when a German offers you Frankfurters and beer. I would love some. Thank you very much. We'll cook you some and bring it here, says Marianne. Great, thank you. I'll shower and then I'll come back uh, to start cooking. I go and take my shower and upon returning, there is an ice cold Michelob sitting on my table. I immediately pop it and take a swig. Shortly after, they deliver my hot dogs with an apple and tomatoes. What hospitality. Humans, they're not so bad. After gorging on such a wonderful meal, I return to my I return my utensils and chit chat with the couple from Battle Creek until after dark. I return to my camp and set up to sleep. Lying under the stars, I notice the sky has a white glow to the north. Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. I start my trip with the most amazing double rainbow, and I'm ending it with the most intense, visible, colorful, and interactive display of electromagnetism. Who needs drugs when you have these to entertain you all night. In southern Michigan, all I ever see is a low band of glow in the north, barely over the horizon. Here, I lie with my feet pointing north. The show starts as a steady glow that reaches near vertical. As the performance goes on, bands of light, similar to when you put on a magnet next to a TV, performs a ballet to my weary eyes, making it oh so hard to fall asleep. I cannot do it justice. I, I can't describe the visual sensation I witnessed to give another person 10% of what I saw or felt. I feel euphoria, excitement, admiration, awe, 
and my role in the universe as I sit motionless in the damp grass watching the lights. The final act was literally curtains of light warming slowly across the northern sky. Just amazing. Thanks, Mom. Alright, I think we have uh, maybe one day left, and then we're going to be done. So, I'm on the outskirts of St. Ignace. How about that? Thanks for uh, joining me. And if you've listened to every single one of these podcasts, wow, you should you should, uh, <laughs> should get a sticker or an award or something for uh, you know playing along with me. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm just glad that I was able to get this out of the uh, computer and into a format that people can enjoy. So, well, we'll see you uh, next time on Trail Tales. This is Tom Funk, your host. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again.